You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, all my Pac-12 champion Utah friends and family. Happy Monday to you. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Wow. It is very rare on this podcast that I don't have words. Uh, And maybe some of it is just that I've had so many words over the last couple days, reflecting, thinking, uh, writing. I I never write anymore, but I wrote an article at Ute Zone, uh, three takeaways. So maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. uh, But that's just, I think that's where we're all at. It was incredible. Friday night. Where to start? Uh, If you missed the post-game recap episode that Scott Stevens and I did from our hotel room at 3 in the morning in Vegas, uh, don't blame you. We had a little bit of a a posting issue there where it posted a day later. So apparently don't try to uh, set your auto-posting on uh, uh, that late at night. But um, if today's episode is a little uh, disjointed still, it's just because I'm still trying to process everything that happened Friday night. There's so many ways to look at this. When I started this podcast, when I got into this business, my focus was always about telling stories. Stories of players. uh, Well, I should say telling stories and and educating people. I think it's so important to have people who are observant, who understand what's going on, what's happening, who can explain things, who uh, can can rationalize and, and, and decipher you know, what's important to be said. And that's really hard after a game like that because it feels like every moment was important. And there were so many things that happened Friday night that I just, uh, Scotty said sensory overload, and I feel like I'm still there. It's almost like it didn't hasn't hit yet. Uh, the emotional side of it, I think, still just trying to process everything. I've, I've followed this team for... I, well, I, my very first Utah football game, I was uh, like three months old. I mean, people were looking at my parents like they were crazy uh, because they brought this little tiny baby to a football game. But I, I've known about I, – I, I grew up a die, as diehard a Utah football fan as you could find out there. And to see where this program is at and where it's come from and, and, and where it's heading right now is just – it's surreal because this program really feels like it's on the cusp of something uh, incredible in terms of of what happens on January the 1st. And maybe we'll start there because it was officially announced that Utah will be going to the Rose Bowl, except for the invitation, and that they will be playing Ohio State. If you're looking for tickets, it seems like there's a ton of different options going around. I know that Ohio State opened up their tickets to the public. Utah fans were buying those. Uh, if you're listening to this before, I believe it's 9 a.m., I believe there's a Capital One early ticket buying window. Uh, tickets go on sale to the public through the Rose Bowl. 
I think on Tuesday. If you haven't gone to the Utah Utes website to check when your ticket window opens up, if you're a Crimson Club member, I would do that. Um, you know, there's always there's a uh, if you go to utesone.com, there's a, a place on the board where you can do ticket exchanges and everything like that. And I will try to pass along as much information as I can gather in terms of where to get tickets because it does feel like everybody wants to go down to this game, and understandably so. Utah just had an absolutely dominant performance in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, Utah fans were incredible. There were 51,000 fans in Vegas, 51 out of 61,000 capacity, which is, I, I didn't check, but it's got to be close to a record for Pac-12 championship attendance. But it was phenomenal. It was a sea of red. It was loud. It was a different kind of loud than Rice Eccles. I think the dome there at the Allegiant Stadium, which is beautiful, I'm really impressed by it. The only thing I would say is that if you have a broken foot, uh, be prepared to walk a lot more uh, than you maybe think. There are not a lot of elevators, and you really do have to get around uh, in a lot of wild ways. Um, but my own personal strife and struggles aside, it, it was so impressive. It was exactly what you would hope for from the fan base, from the program, from the players, from everyone involved, given everything with the season. And, and you know, we've talked on that so, so much. And, uh, you know, I, I try to walk the line of, are we talking about what's happened too much or not enough. Um, but I think it, you have to, at this point, look back a little bit and just see how far things have come, where this fan base has, uh, you know, come together and, and, and what Utah fans are trying to do right now. It's just phenomenal. And so I hope that Utah Red paints the Rose Bowl. And like I said, I will pass along whatever information I can get in regards to that to help. But I want to talk real quick about what Utah did on Friday night. And and specifically, I want to talk about Morgan Scali's defensive game plan. He was incredible. And Coach Whittingham said in the post game that it was essentially the same game plan that they used two weeks ago, but just with a few tweaks, some things to throw them off. It didn't matter if it was the same game plan or not. Oregon still did not have an answer for what Utah was doing. And uh, they did a lot of different things in terms of how they lined up. And we try to talk about things in terms of technique and alignment on this podcast as much as possible. But when you line up your defensive front, you're aligning that to protect gaps. And so typically you have a one technique, which is, uh, you know, if you're counting, head over the center is zero. Uh, the first shoulder or eye removed from the very center would be a one. Uh, and you usually put a, a defensive tackle in a one technique there to try and, and two gap. So Lucky Foto, for example, played a lot of one tech at Utah. And he was able to do that because he could occupy both those gaps on either side of the center, usually called the A gap. So when people talk about double A, that's what they're talking about. And Utah traditionally played a lot of, of – uh, that it's kind of like a basic four, three look where you have, you know, an eight tech, uh, a three tech, a one tech and a five tech, uh, across the board. And they switched up their looks a ton against Oregon. You know, they did a double three technique look where they had the defensive lineman on the outside shoulders of the guards, but that almost had them kind of pinching in. 
so that they were forcing gaps, but it just totally disrupted everything that Oregon was doing. And then they would do when they used their three safety package. Uh, there was a lot of that that was going on. Cole Bishop did a great job. He's just playing lights out right now. Uh, when they did that, it just it completely confused Oregon. They could not make a mic call, meaning they could not identify the players that they were blocking their protection. They couldn't use slide. Uh, they were confused in man. And the few times where they did really have somebody, you know, or, or get in front of somebody, they were still so unsure of themselves that it was just beautiful blowback uh, from the Utah defensive line and, and the entire pressure package. And they did a good job of mixing coverages too. Uh, I think that's a key component of any game plan is that you're switching from zone to man, doing some matchup man, meaning that you're you know, trailing with a route to make it look like man, but then you kind of lay off a little bit. And I think it, what it really was is Utah just knew exactly what Oregon wanted to do and knew how to stop it. And this is just a better football team. They've been playing at a much higher level all year long. And I think because of that, this team has advanced extremely quickly and they've learned and they've grown and they've been able to do a lot more in terms of how they uh, draw things up. But it was just an absolutely brilliant game plan by Morgan Scally called wonderfully. I am a big Joe Moorhead fan and Joe looked like he had no answers. And some of that was just this, that Oregon team was not as cohesive as Utah. And I think, you know, when he, you expected them to come out and fight more. Uh, we tried to kind of talk about it a little bit that I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot that Oregon can mi- switch over to. And and yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau did get his sack, but one sack in two games, we'll take that every single time. And I actually thought on the sack that Braden Daniels uh, did a decent job to try and get back in front of him. It's just Thibodeau's going to win that every single time when he sits you up to the outside and then comes back underneath. Um, and he have been setting it up all game. Just a perfect time to use that move. So Utah goes to the Rose Bowl now. They will face Ohio State, Ryan Day, and the Buckeyes. Uh, I believe the last line that I saw was Buckeyes favored by eight. I don't necessarily disagree, and I think the big question mark as we'll break this game down throughout the next month is how does Utah, how healthy will Utah be at the cornerback position? Because Ohio State has the best wide receiver core in the Pac-12, and also, how angry is Utah about C.J. Stroud, uh, who was once a Utah target? Uh, had a Utah offer, uh, had had you know had gone pretty far down the road with Utah until Ohio State got involved, and then just kind of dipped out. How much is that going to play into things? So, a lot of interesting storylines to break it down to. Chris Olave, another guy that Utah was in on heavily. Uh, so, th- all sorts of stuff like that. You know, Clark Phillips supposed to go to Ohio State. So there's some really fun storylines in regards to that. But also, it's going to be fascinating to see Ohio State's reaction to having to play Utah. And uh, the fan base already seems to be a little disappointed by it, which if I'm a Utah fan, I love that. Uh, Number one, it'll allow more tickets for Utah fans, and you can turn the Rose Bowl into another uh, Rice-Eccles location. But also, I think this team thrives off of that kind of stuff. As Nick Saban said, the rat poison was yummy. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban is really good at, at feeding the rat poison in the right manner. Uh, Kyle Whittingham ain't half bad either. And Kyle Whittingham with a month to prepare, I think it just gives him a uh, and this team a great shot to compete against Ohio State. So we'll continue to break that down throughout the week here on the Locked on News podcast. In the meantime, 
I want you to continue to break down your daily fantasy game, and you can do that by going to Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. You know how much we love it here on the Locked On Utes podcast. They're a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And the best news is that all of our users... So all of you that use prize, uh, prize picks here on the you Locked On Use podcast, uh, if you make a deposit for the first time, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get a 100% deposit match up to $100. Free money. You can't beat free money. And you know the drill. You just pick two to five players. You pick the over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the best part about it is just you versus the numbers. So nobody else that has to mess up your possible uh, projections because they they scored more or have more research or anything like that they also allow mixed sport entries so you can get real funky with that if you want to do some pac-12 football and basketball uh, just go use the award-winning app available in the apple app store or on google play entries can be made in 60 seconds or less it is that easy prize picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals so don't hesitate check out prizepicks.com use the promo code locked on or go to the app store and download the app today prize picks you know it it's daily fantasy made easy Rolling back here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I know everybody wants to talk about Utah football, and we're going to talk about it all week long. I'll try and set up as many different voices, people that I know people enjoy hearing from on the podcast. So we'll keep that rolling. But we do need to talk a little bit about Utah basketball. And it's certainly a weird time of the year because football is wrapping up, but basketball is also starting and there's also women's basketball to talk about. And it just, this crossover time, it's so much going on, which is great if you're a Utah fan because there's lots of action. And this basketball team is interesting. Uh, and I mean that in a positive manner. Like, there's a lot to kind of dig in on in this basketball team. On Wednesday, they were down at USC. Did not go great. Uh, 93-73, the final score on that one. Utah ends up playing most of the game without Brandon Carlson with a sprained ankle. And you saw some things from some guys. You know, Booth Gotch took over for 28 points. David Jenkins Jr., a much stronger second half with 21. Riley Batten had 10. But that was kind of where things ended. And against a team like USC with uh, a lot of length in the front court and some athleticism, you're not going to do really well with guys like Jackson Brenchley and, and Eli Ballstead getting a lot of the rotational time. Another problem, uh, Lazar Stefanovic, who I think is going to be a really, really good player, didn't play great against USC. But that's where things get more interesting. And I think this team is is still so much a work in progress, but it's one that's worth staying invested in and, and watching because they are starting to make some moves. Uh, you know, Sunday against Cal up in the Huntsman Center, not a lot of attendance there. Uh, said that there were 6,500 people. That one might be a little tough to uh, tough to justify. Uh, Sunday, mid-afternoon game, a lot of Utah fans traveling back from Vegas still. So just a tough one. Not a really great uh, setup and scheduling. I wish that they wouldn't play Sunday games until later on in the year. I just... It's really tough, and I, I get that to fill TV windows, so you're just never going to avoid that, but just not one of my favorites. And you saw some pretty good performances from Booth Gotch. He's starting to pick up his shooting a little bit, and that's really important, 7-10 from the, from the field goal uh, for 19 points. 
Brandon Carlson came back, playing on a hurt ankle, had 12 points, had a block, four rebounds, a really, really gritty, tough effort from him. Uh, Raleigh Wooster, a little bit better, six points. Didn't play well against USC, six rebounds, two assists. Uh, Turnovers, kind of a little bit of an issue for him with two turnovers as well. Um, Just not great from three either. He was 0 for 3. Uh, Riley Batten, five points. And then Lazar Stefanovic was, I think, the big step-in guy for, for the Utes. And that game was three of six. 11 points, six rebounds. Uh, much better game from him. Saw some really good minutes from the hot tune, which you absolutely need to have. Also, the return of Gabe Madsen is critical to this team. Now, he was over four from uh, from the field, over three from the uh, three-point line. But he's finally getting minutes. And that's really what's important. This team needs to get some depth. And, you know, they're hoping that Marco Anthony comes back soon and provides them with a little bit of that. But they got to win against Cal. And this is a conference opponent and Cal, you know, a team that's definitely uh, trying to figure out what where they're at in the hierarchy of the concert conference. And, you know, right now, this conference kind of looks like a mess. It's UCLA, Arizona. And then what else do you have? Oregon is struggling. Uh, Arizona State got a win against Oregon State, which is just surprising Washington State played a really tough game against USC on uh, at home but still dropped that so you know USC is starting to look like they're trying to get into that upper echelon but uh, you know it's this is a team that I think can do a little bit in this conference this year because everybody else is just sort of slugging around right now Colorado definitely not on on par with where they've been in the past I think they miss McKinley Wright quite a bit and so Utah basketball has an opportunity, I think, if they can get through this next little stretch, get some guys healthy, uh, get some more minutes for some some guys, get, get a little bit more competition, uh, this team could actually make an impact in the Pac-12. And if who knows what happens when you get to that tournament. And I think if you – so you've got a game on Wednesday against TCU. Uh, that is going to be a big one. Utah needs to come out and compete in that one. It's in Fort Worth. I, you'll have to wait and see who's healthy for that one, but that could be a really competitive affair for Utah and a chance to build a really good out-of-conference win. And then you're back home at the Huntsman Center on the 11th to play Manhattan. That should be a win. That's a 3 p.m. tip. And then you finish out the pre-Christmas schedule at Missouri and versus Fresno State. So Fresno State at home, those are good games to have uh, as you're – ramping into the conference season and then you'll start it right after Christmas at Oregon State and at Oregon and so the hope is that you get some of these guys healthy uh, there's a chance that uh, Dushan uh, Mahorchich comes back uh, in January uh, maybe a little bit later than that but you need to get him healthy these minutes are going to be good for some guys to get some development and as long as Utah can stay consistent and 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 do some things then that will help a lot uh so I, it just it's a fascinating team to me because I think there really is something here with this squad. And I think Craig Smith has some energy, and if he can keep guys leaning and, and catch a few breaks here in these next couple games, this team could really break forward. And I think getting a win against Cal on Sunday was a big deal. I think Lazar Stefanovic having a good game against Cal, that's a big deal. He's a guy that needs to get a little bit of confidence. It's a new game for him. He's playing in a different style. Overseas basketball is very different from American college basketball. And if he can find some rhythm, I think with he and Booth Gotch, you've got something going. Uh, you need to get Raleigh Wooster uh, involved, I, le- I think, offensively a little bit more. He's got to produce a little bit more. I thought he was so great against BYU, and then we haven't really seen him 
play the same way since then. Gabe Madsen clearly need to get him going. Uh, I feel like that's going to be a slow uh, developing thing with him just because he has missed time with an unknown illness. When you don't know what's going on, it's really hard to project those things. It's going to be good for Lahat June to get minutes here because that's going to mean that he's going to have to grow. And so you have a lot of potential as long as, I, like I said, as long as you stay in the fight here and, and maybe get a couple wins along the way, then by the time you're ready for the Pac-12 season, this team could be in position to do something. Now they've got to continue to play the same style that they've been playing, tight defense, get rebounds, really need to get Marco Anthony healthy right now, and then you need to get some health in January, and then we can kind of reassess. But for the time being, I think this is still a team that's worth following. Besides that, college basketball season means that it's time to get to betonline.ag because they have you covered for all the season props, odds, and lines more than ever before as football season marches to the playoffs and college basketball starts. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Down in Vegas this weekend, uh, knew that it was going to be all over the place. So what did I do? I loaded up the car with a bunch of built bars because that's how I roll. I want to make sure that I'm eating healthy while I'm out and about. want to make sure that I have good snacks with me so that I don't reach for something like a Snickers or some other candy bar. And the best part about it is that there are so many good flavors of built bars out there. Right now on the website, you can go get Caramel Macchiato, Caramel Almond Delight, White Chocolate Cheesecake, Coconut Brownie Chunk, Paranormal Pumpkin. They even have the Coconut Almond Protein Balls. I like the Puffs. Those are my favorite kind of bars. They have the White Chocolate Cheesecake. They have the Coconut Marshmallow on there right now. They have all sorts of new flavors all the time. And it was great to just have those snacks on the road. Easy. Didn't have to stop on the way down. Didn't have to stop on the way home for snacks. Just had it right there ready to go. The best part about Built Bar is that other than being great tasting, they really are a healthy snack. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar made with real chocolate. It's a great way to get your protein in there. It's an easy way to f- make yourself feel better. Uh, if you're dragging a little bit, get a little bit of good nutrition in there, that that healthy whey protein uh, that your body turns into strong muscles, strong bones, everything else. It's a big part of your body when it functions. So don't hesitate now. Just go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order right now, whatever it is that you order. Again, LOCKED15, promo code for 15% off your order at Built.com. It's the best promo code out there. Go get some of the most delicious, best-tasting protein bars on the planet at Built.com. Finishing off a Monday episode of the Locked On News podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So much news over the weekend, and it wasn't all just football. Uh, basketball also in action. Women's basketball also in action. And perhaps uh, for purposes of this podcast, very important to point out that Utah volleyball was also in action this weekend as they entered into the NCAA tournament, competed against UVU um, Friday, won that game, went down to Provo, Played against BYU, and it just wasn't enough. And that's a tough one. Uh, BYU's got an excellent women's volleyball program. 
uh, also a very excellent men's volleyball program as well, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, just BYU fans will never let you uh, stop hearing about that. Um, but it was it was a tough one to, to lose. Uh, their season ends there in Provo, and so ends the career of the great Danny Drews. She had 18 kills, two blocks. Uh, Madeline Robinson had 17 kills in a block. Zoe Weatherington, eight kills, three blocks. And Allie Olson had seven kills and four blocks. Uh, so not a bad overall game uh, from the Utes there. But a tough one. Uh, tough one to lose, I think. It was a really great match. It was very close. 20, Utah took the first set, 25-17. BYU took the seven, second, 25-22 third 25-23 and then finished off the fourth 25-23 as well to win the match uh beth lanier had the following to say that was a great ncaa volleyball match it says a lot about volleyball in the city of utah to have a really great competitive volleyball match with the amount of fans that were here i was so proud of our team for the fight that we showed it was a fun match to play in and to coach in there were a lot of big plays being made and really good players making good plays I just couldn't be more proud. I genuinely love this team. And we talked in the locker room about how we didn't really want it to end because this group is really close and really tight. It was just a great volleyball match tonight. A lot of swings throughout this game. It was a really competitive affair, even though it doesn't feel like a three to one uh, victory for BYU is, is a little bit of a uh, convincing one, but you know, obviously each set was close and just a, a really, a really fantastic season for Utah volleyball. Uh, it was great to have Danny Drews back for one more year. She is, without a doubt, my favorite. She's up there for favorite athlete ever at the University of Utah. Without a doubt, my favorite female athlete. There's probably a few others. Uh, Kim Smith, one that comes to mind right off the top of my head. Um, but she was incredible. She's so much fun to watch when she plays volleyball. And I'm super excited to see what she does next. I wish so badly that there was a women's professional volleyball league here in Utah or, or in America, really, that, that you could watch. Because I think it's such a fun sport to watch, and I really enjoy it. And I'm going to miss watching Danny Drews, I'll be honest. Um, it's been really great to cover her. I'm excited to see what she does next and uh, excited to see where Utah volleyball goes next because I think there's been some real good strides made with this team. And tough one to close out that uh, that see this kind of a season, this era, especially losing to a rival like that. It's just not the way that you would have written it, but a great season nonetheless for women's volleyball. Also in action, the Utah women's basketball team drops a heartbreaker to BYU 85-80. They were down big but had a huge fourth quarter comeback, just fell a little bit short of the Cougars. Uh, Gianna Kniepens scored a career-high 29. Uh, Jenna Johnson had 10 points. Uh, Brenna Maxwell had a 10 points and uh, 21 minutes. And uh, just a really impressive effort from Utah women's basketball to come back for that one. Uh, in the third quarter, Cougars stretched their lead to 21, but Utah fought back with five straight points by Gilton, and the Utes were back in the business. Got the game down to 14 in the late in the third quarter, and then it was the fourth quarter barrage uh, where Utah just started taking over. Um, as they got the lead down to five, uh, 85, 82 to 77, but with 21 seconds left, BYU went one from two at the line, and then... Uh, 
Neepins hit another three, making it a one-possession game at 83-80. to But that would be the end of it. That's as close as Utah could get. And uh, it was just a really great basketball game. Uh, Lynn Roberts had the following to say, I thought it was a great atmosphere, credit BYU. I thought they played really well. I think they're legit this year. I mean, not to say that they haven't been in the past, but I think they're just, this is the best team I've seen, and they did a nice job. We have to give them credit. I thought we were great in the fourth quarter. If you look at shot attempts and rebounds, we had more chances than them. We didn't shoot as well. So overall, a, a pretty pretty consistent weekend for the University of Utah in athletics. Winning a Pac-12 championship in football is just absolutely massive. Uh, definitely sad and heartbroken for the Utah women's volleyball team, whose season come to an end on Saturday night versus BYU. But as always, the train keeps rolling down the tracks here on the Locked on Utes podcast. We will have more for you tomorrow, as always. This has been the Locked on Utes podcast for December 6, 2021. We will see.